Hey, this is Brett D from Fire of Aries, and you are listening to the Brutally Delicious Podcast. Hey, how are you? What's up? How are you doing? I'm all right, man. Thank you. Where are you located? Oh, what's happening with my camera? Here we go. That'll work. This work? Yeah, that's perfect. Nice. Thanks for taking the time. Where are you located? I'm in the Nashville, Tennessee area. Oh, nice. Yeah, what about you? I'm in Richmond, Virginia, so not too far. Not too, not too far apart. No. Far. Everything good? Levels. Levels okay on your end? You can hear me okay? A little bit more would be great if you can do it. Of course, yeah. Let me put that a little bit. All right, probably get closer. As long as the mic close enough yeah yeah i think you're good okay cool is this uh is this a, a a video podcast or is this audio only or so it's mostly audio um, okay most of our traffic is apple and spotify but i nice. do the video just for those who like the video portion of it it goes up on youtube nice but by far you know the uh majority of consumption is audio it's audio got it well let's dig in dude cool so let's talk about uh fire of aries Let's talk about this Let's, band, uh, project, whatever that this whatever is. Whatever it is. So for those not familiar, can you there's give a, us... There's a lot that's not familiar. Yeah, with. well, let's let's educate them. Give me the two-sentence elevator pitch. Fire Aries is simply this. It's a metal rock country band, artist, whatever, uh, that is simply making music that's heavy melodic and has some sort of cinematic storyline behind it very uh visual storytelling through through music uh that's uh that's what this is i mean it's it's definitely still evolving i'm still trying to you know put different pieces together to see if it fits but it's just got to be heavy it's got to be melodic and it's you know it's got to have some some meaning behind it that's what right. i do so let's let's start there. You said heavy. I'm looking at the uh, the poster behind you, and for those not watching, oh. it's a Metallica poster. Yeah. I definitely find some thrashy elements to it as well. At least, I mean, I've heard "Kiss from a Rose," and it, it seems like you've done. I, I don't know. There's definitely some thrash elements to it as well, and that makes sense now looking at your poster. Yeah. So we'll 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 start with "Kiss from a Rose." Like this whole that whole song has been years in the making for me i'm talking about probably before i even played guitar i just always liked that song i always thought from even a small small child you know age that like this is a catchy song i like it right and it just so happened to kind of coincide with the batman forever you know released back in 95 and i was a kid back then and you know i was most boys are batman fans to an extent most not all uh, and that that uh, song just always has been with me ever since. And you know, now that I've matured in age and as a musician, I'm like, okay, it's time for me to to shoot my shot, right? Right. And to see if I can even do this as an artist, not just a guitar player playing for somebody else or another band, but like just for myself. And so I went to Cam. He's a producer on this one. Uh, he did Memphis May Fire, Woe Is Me, uh, some other heavier bands that that influence uh, my sound. And I'm like, Cam, here's my short list of uh, singles. Obviously, we'll probably do some originals together. Right. But here's a short list of singles. I mean, you know, covers 
that I want to, like, I'd like to do. What do you want to do? Cause like, I'm, I'm really leaning heavy in on my producer on this one because I'm just like, I'm, I'm as an artist, I'm like kind of new to the, to the game. Jeez. And, um, <laughs> okay. Sorry about that. That just gets the living crap out of me. Oh, no. It's okay. Um, and I'm just like, we have to, we have to, if we're going to do this, he gravitated toward kissing Rose pretty quickly. And I'm like, and we gotta, it's gotta be a departure from the original. Cause you know, kind of the lead up to this, I'd done a whole lot of research uh, on who's released a version of this song. And there's a lot out there actually, you know, come to find out. And, you know, I combed through almost all of them, the ones that really like mattered, like the, the heavier rock or right. something like that. And there were some good ones. Don't get me wrong. There, there were some good ones I came across, but what I found was, um, that if it wasn't heavy, it was just a copy and paste of the original arrangement and you just put some heavy guitars on it. And I just found that to not be too original or just kind of boring, if you will. I don't, I mean, it, the it, songs that these other bands have covered were fine. It just didn't do much for me. Right. And I'm like, okay, Cam, we're going to do this. We have to do it differently, but still have the same framework. And now that it's out, I believe, I believe that, you know, we accomplished that because some of that stuff that you just don't expect, from that song, especially right. some of the the drum parts in there has kind of some some really like you said thrashy, maybe you know borderline black metalish in there to an extent. And I was really blown away what we kind of came up with because I had one idea. And when you have more than you know, if you have a couple of you know minds and ears together, maybe a few, uh, you can really turn something into uh, something you didn't even expect, Bruce. Right. And that's what happened with this song. I was totally blown away with what uh, Cam and, and the team that we developed uh, around this song came up with. And uh, maybe it's, it's not, it's a departure, but still has a framework. You know, we noticed that you know, we didn't do the the second verse over again. Right. Like I was at first I was like, man, we gotta do this. We still did it. And, you know, as we kind of talked back and forth about it, it's just like, it didn't make sense, especially with, a, you know, short attention spans nowadays. Oh my so God. We, yes. We cut, cut that out. That's not, uh, you know, it's not needed. So we just went about it differently. We had a breakdown in there. There's no breakdown in the original or many or other covers. Like we put a breakdown in there, dude. And right. you know, it's not the heaviest, but dude, it's heavy. What's been the response so far? Uh, you know what? Um, the, the response so far has been positive. And um, I, I've gotten several comments like, you know, for, for example, like this, this is, this is some heavy shit, you know, like, uh, I'm like, you're right. It is like, but when you put something out for the, I had three other songs besides this one so far, but when this is like my, like my pop-off song, right. My launch song, uh, in my opinion. And mm-hmm. I've, from other interviews that I've done and other people I've talked to, I've gotten nothing but positive feedback and I'm totally open to it. If it sucks, man, just tell me, you know, like ultimately what's, what's important for me is I make music that I want to listen to and hopefully others, uh, will like that same style and and storyline that type of thing whatever that might be but it's important to me just to put out you know music that that is that's catchy obviously but has some substance behind it now that i'm a little older in my, in my life i'm not in my 20s anymore uh, i feel like i got a little more life experience under my belt and i'm not just writing songs that sound like gibberish right <laughs> if you will there's a lot of you know heavy bands that that's just all they do is like what's that's cool. Great guitar playing, you know, nice syncopation in drums, but 
where's the you know the meat to these songs and that's what i want to want to do with with fire berries do you uh when you said you originally when we started talking you said it's very theatrical so are you writing like with a, a stage in mind or a production in mind or I, lo I love these these prompt questions i love like how you do this so yes i whenever i write songs a couple things happen um i am writing for the live show and how i envision you know the live show being for those people that decide to attend like music to me nowadays it's not like it was 10 15 years ago where you got to have you know four or five guys that has to get together in a room and put ideas down it's like not like that anymore but but for me now that the the whole music landscape of creation has changed uh it's it's i come about it as like music is the gateway to get you in and if you like the music, then, oh, welcome to Fireberries. This is what you're going to get. You're going to have a great live show that would be produced very cinematically. Uh, more of an experience, if you will, Bruce, is what I'm trying to, what I'm trying to get at. Right. Um, but I do. So you can I, envision like a theatrical thing going with it. I do, man. I, I do. And I hope that I, I get to the opportunity um, to put that vision out there because like my, my background besides music is audio visual and it right so technology so uh, you know i'm i, I know kind of what's out there as far as technology with lights and sound and stuff like that and i'm like i want to harness all the stuff that i know about when it comes to audio visual uh and implement it into my show from you know programming lights to you know it's just an experience bruce you know like uh that's how i approach my songwriting is how do I want people to feel one when they see whatever on their screen, music, video, what they hear via song, but when they come and they get to interact with me and, and, and whatever guys and girls, you know, decide to, to play in the band with right. me. Uh, I want that to be something that's memorable. Right. And I need to write music that one is memorable and the show is memorable. Sure. I agree. So with that being said, then is there a message or a takeaway you, fan, you want your fans to walk away from after listening to, I mean, not necessarily kiss for rose, but you know, your fire berries releases or songs. Yeah, I, I want people to expect this, that um, it's going to be music is going to be positive uh, and not in the cheesy sense, like, cause you know, the trend right now is positivity, positivity. I believe in that wholeheartedly, but, uh, it's got to come from a sincere spot and it does for me. It, it really does. Uh, also within that, I want to be able to just write music about stories, whether they be true or somewhat fictional, uh, you know, I, I grew up in the country here. I'm kind of, I'm a native to Tennessee. I would love to write some heavy um you know country-esque songs like i know i'm gonna stay in my lane but you know i'm in i'm in music city here and i just want to be like hey i'm living on the outskirts over here i'm on the outskirts of country music just to let y'all know i'm here right you know, with some songs that that i put out and i think that's what i'm starting to see too with like you know brantley gilbert going on tour with five finger death punch and then now he's about they're about to go on tour with nickelback i'm like you're seeing like this country you know rock kind of uh fusion in a fusion in a way when it comes to shows it's been so heavy on pop country and pop rock that well it's maybe it's hard rock metals turn to to do something uh in in, in that vein not not all the time just like here and there right we don't want to overdo it like pop country is doing and pop rock it's right. just here and there just like oh that's different i want to i want to go to that show just to hear that like some outlaw metal 
some outlaw metal. Like I got this playlist on Apple Music. It's like it's called Dark Country, right? Oh, nice. Um, and it, that that sums up like if I had a vibe about my music, it'll have that that dark country outlawish, but with kind of a I have to say kind of I don't want to say poppy because I know that's kind of in the metal realm. Like pop's kind of like don't we don't do pop over here, but you know I like my metal and my hard rock to one, have a, a little bit of a dancey element to it where I can vibe, I can have a good time, but also uh, just like saturated guitars. Like, you know, yes. I'm a Nickelback fan and and I think they're a great band. Uh, they have a great guitar tone. Uh, and so do many, uh, you know, other bands that I like, like Seven Dust, Metallica, uh, yes. Flames is another influence. Uh, uh, but I want to bring in you know, an experience, whether that be from a guitar player, people like me, vocalist, like I, I want them to come and enjoy different aspects of the show from you being a musician to just simply being a fan of music. Right. If you will. Sweet. So I'm going to ask you something totally off the, off of my list, but you mentioned it. Why do you, and I'm a fan of Nickelback ahead of time, so, but why do you think Nickelback sort of has that sort of meme quality to them on either social media or in general? when you can't argue with the numbers and their stats, right? It's, it's so easy. That's, a, that's the easiest question to answer. The internet calls people to hate Nick, Nickelback. And it was from that Comedy Central little bit that aired late night. I forgot the comedian's name. He just had mentioned that in a conversation or something like, to, to uh, can't hold me to this uh, exactly verbatim, but basically he said that if he had to listen to a Nickelback song, he'd kill himself, right? And that was just a in passing joke on Comedy Central, right. but that like took off, and that's about when the internet and social media were kind of like really revving up, and you could like, oh, I can say this without really any repercussions, or you know, and the influence kind of came in there. So that's they've rode the wave. They they love that. You I know? mean, their sales, you know, shut all the haters up in a second. They're the top mm. of the heap, pretty much. Even, you know, from, from a sales point, absolutely. But if you, as a musician, if you really dig into Chad's, like the music that he writes with Ryan and, and the rest of the boys, like there's substance there, right? There, you, like he writes songs that you can visually imagine in your, in your head most of the time. So I'm going to interrupt you. Okay. Photograph. Holy shit, man. That song, every time I listen to it, you know, I'm yeah. back in high school. I could picture every bit of it hanging yeah. out in the arcade, all of that. That say so that's like that is what I believe music fans want. They need to they need to have music that they can that can invoke past memories. Because ultimately, what we're doing as adults, Bruce, is we're chasing our childhood. Let's yeah. be let's just be let's be real here. Like yeah. I got knickknack stuff all around here. Me too. <laughs> like Power <laughs> right. Rangers and stuff. Like I'm thirty year old, like right. thirty seven years old, dude. Like I still look for those little things that remind me of my childhood, and I want that to be a part. And music is a part of that. It's sort of like well. a hard rock Springsteen almost, right? Because you can relate to everything Springsteen says too. Exactly right. So like, and he's still going strong, and he can put yeah. on those four hour shows like it's nothing. I'm but, immediately down on the side of the river when I put that song on. It's it's absolutely insane. It's insane, uh, and you know I'm, I'm just kind of getting back to you know what all this is. Fire Aries. It's it's really a culmination of an experience, man. And I've I've been deep into the metal, you know, sector, if you will, or community for many years pretty much since i would say late high school and um 
I just I just want to get deeper. I want I want more of a a community around the music. It's it's more just about you know having something to do and people to hang out with. Is am I right? That's what we kind of oh, yeah. we go to the shows to see it, our favorite bands. Yes, but, at but the same time, your- there's like this subconscious like belonging. Yes. And, uh, I, I, I desire that. And I want it not to be like, not a selfish thing, but you know, I, I want that to kind of be focused around the music that I make is that, that community and people, you know, come yeah, to the show you, or see me out. And, you know, they, we have that connection through the music and that's it. Simple. Yeah. You said so much there though. So the, the metal community, the hard rock the heavier music community, whatever you want to call it, yeah. is definitely a community and a family. And it's unlike anything else I think you'll find in pop yeah, music or country music. Different. I don't think you get that. But in the metal world, you do. You bond over a riff or something, and it's like, holy shit, you're like, I've known you forever. 100%, man. Like, it's different. Even, like, you know, growing up in Tennessee and being a country boy and all that stuff, even going to, like, country concerts, uh, it's just different when you go to a hard rock metal it's like like it's more like i got your back type of community right. and, and it doesn't matter you, bro no and everybody overlooks it doesn't matter what your race sex exactly. religion preference whatever it doesn't matter binary not whatever any of that stuff is it makes yeah. no difference at all we bond over a riff and you're right you got your back yeah i i just it's just different i i know when i was coming up through you know, high school and college, like I felt like rock and metal was like on a high. Yes. I mean, like I was I, always anticipating the next Mudvayne record or the next bullet from my Valentine, you know, mm-hmm. song to come out, whatever that might be. And, you know, I've, and since I would say 2000, let's say eight or nine, it's kind of, it's kind of dipped like the, the, the attention and it's not really been there. Uh, and I think it's, 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 starting to become start that that wave is starting to, to rise yeah. again uh you know i think COVID's helped in in a way like every musician on the planet almost got to take a break for two years uh, you know what i'm saying right and got to reassess like dang now i got to fully put on the brakes and reassess like what is this music thing yeah i miss going and doing my shows and things like that but we really got to analyze how we can do music difference. Like everybody did a live stream of a, of a show most did that, that had the capabilities. That was great. That opened up a whole nother like Avenue to connect with fans when you, when you, when you can't right? like, when did you catch a live stream of a band? No, you went to the show, but when you can't, right. What do we do? And we, we adapted as the, the music, the, Mm -hmm. the metal community, we, we made it happen. We still, you know, stay connected to our fans, or at least we tried. And uh, that's what's important to me. It's just that community and connection. Right. And I'm going to go back one more time to what you said again. Um, You got into metal or heavier stuff at, in your teens. What was the gateway record or band? You want me to tell you, I can tell you exactly what I can too. Uh, Go ahead. So uh, I can tell you exactly the time where it really set in. But prior to that, it was, it was high school, probably junior ish year. You know, I discovered the band Creed, right. And my, my biggest guitar influence at the time was Mark Tremonti still is. He's my number two. Uh, Andy James has now surpassed him as my, you know, guitar idol, if you will, because Andy's just great. Anyway, where it really defined for me was, um, I hope I, I hope I got the right movie, but if you remember Freddy versus Jason, that movie that came out. Oh yeah. No, hang on. It was, it was twofold. It was Freddy versus Jason and resident evil apocalypse. Okay. I don't think I've ever seen that, but which one? I don't think I've ever seen anything resident evil. 
Oh, damn. Okay. <laughs> Am I missing something? Okay, you're, you're so what happened uh, at the end of Resident Evil Apocalypse? It was the it was the credits, right? The movie's done, mm-hmm. and then Kill Switch Engage came on with oh. Rose of Sharon, dude. That's a great, great song. And I'm like, what? What is this? Like, it was scary for me, um, you know, at the time. Like, I love, I love the games. The Resident Evil was based off a video game, right? Right. Uh, and they did a movie on it. And at the end, like, they just opened up with, you know, that that scream from Howard. I'm like, this has got energy to it. Yes. And then I think the 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 other culminating part might have been like the same year as when Freddy versus Jason came out. And at the end of that one, and those credits, it was a Slipknot song. I don't remember which one it was, but it was kind of like those two bands kind of like hit me all at once in like the same year or very close together. I'm just like, that's uh, what I want to feel. And that's when I was like, okay, I'm going to gradually and slowly do this and maybe ramp up faster over time. But that was my gateway was, uh, was those, those soundtracks. It's funny because, and it's funny everybody remembers that because like I remember being in high school, similar to you, but probably 20 years earlier or whatever. Corner store by the high school sold records. And I walked in there one day and saw Diary of a Madman on the shelf and was like, wow, go. I never heard of Ozzy before, but I'm going to give it a shot. And then the first note, you know, those drums yeah. coming in from over the mountain, that's it. It said, I'm set me on a course that I never would have imagined. And look at you now. We're here. We are talking on Zoom. We're doing right. an interview. Like, see how see how music's connected us, dude. Like, we don't Crazy. know each other from, from right. Adam. And you know that's definitely bringing us together. Uh, that that that's what it's about, dude. Just it's just a, a belonging. And if it, if the music's good, great. But you know, it's that's what us as humans always want is yeah. that some type of connection. So, what's the plan for taking uh, Fire Rarities on the road, or is there? There is uh, a very loose plan right now. Uh, <laughs> what my main focus right now is uh, building a few more uh, songs or adding uh, some more songs to the catalog. Mm-hmm. Right now, I have four out. Um, yeah, 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 four. So, uh, Kiss from Rose is the fourth one. I, I think I got two in the hopper uh, right now. No, three more that'll should be out. So I'm going to try. I, I'm doing the approach of singles, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just think that's just better workflow for me. So, you know, I'll put out probably three to four more songs this year uh, and see how they do. And then 2024 comes around and we'll see, you know, what I can jump on with some, hopefully some of my favorite artists that I went to shows to see. I really would love to open up for an altar bridge or I just went and saw them uh, last week. Oh, really? Or, you know, a seven to something. Like to me, that's, you know, when artists like, well, they get asked the question, when do you think that you made it? And for me, it'd be like, well, once I get to open up for, you know, one of my favorite bands, if not all of them, that's right. what I would, would love to do. And I would, and I would be satisfied for, you know, here on out. If I got to, if I got to do something like it's that. It's hard but, to define what made it means maybe nowadays, I, right? Because there's no, there's hardly any arena shows and, multi-platinum records and any of that stuff yeah um i mean if, if we want to get into like nitty-gritty of making it it's like i saw a recent interview with nickelback it's like they don't have to like they don't have to make any more music and they can live the, they don't worry about money anymore right? right that's making it to a degree that's a milestone right like i think right. every artist has different milestones and right now that's mine if i just got to open up for 
you know, you know, a few of my favorite bands, I would feel accomplished. Right. Right. now, right. I'm just making music that I hope sticks somewhere and, you know, has an impact somewhere. Means but, something uh, to somebody. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and ultimately that's what it's about. If, if the music, if I spend all this money making these songs and it, you know, only impacts one person, well, maybe that's a very expensive impact, but at least it, it, it did something hopefully positive in the right. world. Right. And you have no idea what it could have done to that person. And that's the beauty in it. Could have pulled them from the grips, right? Yeah. Uh, and and I kind of long for that, you know, for getting like the psychology of music. Like I look forward to, you know, you know, I hope this happens where, you know, I put out a song that has some sort of meaning or some imagery and, you know, a person comes in like that song really helped me through this time or, you know, really made me think about things differently or you really painted a picture on like this possible reality that I didn't know existed. Like, it's just, it's more of a conversation, conversation starters. Uh, and hopefully from there, it, you know, blossoms into more like friendship relationship type of things where, you know, I can continue to make more music and have more experiences for right. fans. That's really what it is. It's just like, what experience can I give the listeners uh, that would make them want to come hang out with me and, and, and see the shows. Sweet. That's going to bring me to the end of my questions. I hope that wasn't too bad. I know we were all over no, the place, but no, no, no. if you, if you have more questions, I'll keep going. I, I, I like, I like, I like chatting. So I have found that the episodes, if they're anything over 30, Oh yeah. People do not. We were talking about attention spans earlier with singles and that sort of stuff. And yep. the numbers drop like half when we're, if I don't keep it below 30. So I even have to edit sometimes because that's smart. You got it. You got to keep going with what people uh, like my son's age. They don't want anything to do with, you know, I want three minutes and then maybe 30 yep. seconds of that three minutes and I'm moving on to something else. That's right. But me and you, we, we like the, we like the, the nuts and bolts of things. I mean, we can talk about this like, all day long, right? We talk about gear and records and the whole deal. Yeah, that might be uh, something for an like a in person type of deal. Absolutely, say that's something to look forward to. Yeah, we can get on here and use social media and all the tools we have. Yep. to to put out our content or whatever. But at the end of the day, it's just a different experience when you're in person. You can talk about stuff that maybe half the population doesn't care about, like gear and guitar right. strings and pickups and drum heads and see whatever. I can go on. But anyway, yeah. thank you, my friend. I appreciate it. You got it, man. Anything it was a pleasure know. talking to you. Be well. Same here. Talk to you soon, soon man. Bye. Right, cheers. Hey, you. Do you have any plans this year? <laughs> How's that going? Do you get 2020? Well, welcome to a brand new podcast called 2020, where myself, Benny Goodman, and my good friends, Corey Pazin and Siobhan Cronin from the band Lost Symphony, also got 2020. And since the world ended this year, we decided why not just check in with some of our friends in the music industry and see how everyone's doing. We're going to get a candid look at life on and off the stage, as well as the mindset of some of the most successful people in the entertainment industry. New episodes drop every Sunday and Wednesday at 9 p.m. Eastern. And you can listen at Tuesday. 020-D.com, soundtalentmedia.com, or on your favorite podcast app.